0: Good morning, America, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land we are coming from, the Gadigal people of the Eora nation. Well, Jono, another busy sporting week and weekend, and we'll start in football and some Euro women's uh, warm-up games. And uh, a surprise result and a thrashing here for our Australian Matilda, Spain defeating them 7-0. Uh, in saying that, there was no Sam Kerr, Alana Kennedy, Caitlin Ford, and Kaya Simon for the Matilda. so a few experienced players left out. But John, a bit of reality check uh,
1: for obviously the upcoming World Cup next year in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, look, you're you're without those superstars and those you know those big heavy hitters in terms of names, but you know you, you you gotta in a sense perform better. Yes, there was a good first half score. But um, to have an end result 7-0, this really shows the difference as well from the, from the top there. you got to have depth of squad. Um, you really do. And, and for a national team program, I think this, they should really be looking at this and saying, OK, what do we need to do to make sure that we're not just relying on Sam Kerr? We're not just relying on an, a veteran like Alana Kennedy as well. We need, we need to have talent all throughout. So maybe a little bit of reality shock there for the Matildas, but possibly in a good way. These are what these games are for, is to, to learn and build from there. And certainly a good warm-up for Spain ahead of the women's Euros. Uh, The
0: transfer window in Europe is heating up, Jono, and a few more big transfers have developed. Calvin Phillips, Leeds United to Manchester City, a reported €45 million. So a pretty good deal there for City in regards to the money paid to Leeds, uh, especially in the transfer window these days. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, Looks like he's going the other way, so Manchester City to Arsenal, and again, about a $45 million deal, so a good signing, I think, for Arsenal. They needed that striker, and that person's going to put the goals in. Obviously, Jesus looking for some more football, uh, so hopefully that will be a good move to him. Newcastle United have continued their transfer window, and Sven Botman, Lille to Newcastle United there. Sadio Mane has completed his move to Bayern Munich from Liverpool, which we reported last week. While Gareth Bale, Real Madrid to Los Angeles Football Club, there, John, on a one-year deal, obviously trying to stay
1: fit ahead of the World Cup. Uh, but any other transfers standing out for you, John, uh, in the European window? Yeah, look, I do think that that one, that Gabriel Jesus one, is going to be the best thing for Arsenal. Um, I do think that he, I think he'll fit in that system as well. I think he's young enough as well to still be molded. It's kind of questionable sometimes as to where best maybe to play him. Um, but I think that you know like you go back to you know what what Brazil had hopes for him and everything that you, you can see the potential for him. And I think it, in a young Arsenal team, um, he could potentially get there with more playing time. That's the one thing that he struggled with with City when they had such depth of squad struggled there. So I would, I'd really see that this is a good starting point for him. so that's the one that kind of sticks out the most in terms of one of these players can really take their game to the next level moving forward under the new club. Yeah, certainly heating up there in Europe. Rugby League, uh, in the state of origin,
0: Game 2 in Perth between Queensland and New South Wales headlined the weekend. Uh, Queensland went into the game leading 1-0, and we'll go into a little bit more detail later on in the show in regards to how Game 2 turned out. Over the weekend as well, there were some internationals in Rugby League, and New Zealand defeated Tonga, 26 points to 6. Samoa defeated the Cook Islands, 42-12, to 12, while PNG defeated Fiji, 24-14. to 14. AFL, and at round 15, saw Melbourne return to the top of the table. with a big win over Brisbane, 117-53. While Geelong won a thriller against Richmond, 89-86. And Carlton defeated Fremantle, 81-50. Sydney also recorded a good win against a disappointing St. Kilda, 83-32. In what also saw the Pride fixture return to the SCG. So good to see Sydney back in the winner's circle. Meaning, Melbourne returned to the Summit followed by Geelong, Brisbane, and Fremantle, while Sydney moved into sixth. Rugby unit and the much-anticipated Australia vs. England three-match series begins this Saturday night in Australian time. The 2nd of July, Australia at Optus Stadium in Perth. Uh, So it should be a great series there between Australia and England. um, And obviously, we'll report on that next week after the first game. Tennis Jono and Wimbledon starts Australian time tonight. Uh, Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal will headline the men's draw, while Serena Williams is making a comeback from an extended break. Uh, this year's Wimbledon, though, will not count towards ranking points um, after they banned Russian and Belarusian athletes in response to Russia's war against Ukraine. But John, Wimbledon always a special event on the ca- on the sporting
1: calendar. Yeah, I mean, regardless, this is still going to be an event to remember. I mean, I guess, you know, you look at it from her perspective as well, those headline names that you've kind of just touched on. But, um, yeah, Serena Williams back, able to able to hopefully make a bit of a deep run because we'd love to see her playing. Um, as well as I would love to see Nadal continue this great run that we've seen with Grand Slams. But you know Djokovic is going to be itching for that with a number of other talents as well in the men's game. And for the women's as well, I think that number one spot really, who's going to solidify their name, is up for grabs. Um, there's been some inconsistency as to who kind of stays at the top level there, so it'd be great to see some other names come through the ranks. Um, and I'd also love to see the American Coco Golf as well go quite far this time. She she almost did it there in the French Open, so I'd love to see her go far in the Wimbledon. Yeah, always a special event there at
0: Wimbledon. Ice hockey and the Stanley Cup final has been decided. John, the Colorado Avalanche's uh, took out Game 6 2-1 win over the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the series four-two. So. A great achievement for
1: Colorado there adding the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean that's you saw what it meant to them. I think you think it's almost been about twenty plus years now, about twenty years um, since they last lifted that trophy. You know, the, the one thing I love about the Stanley Cup as well is you know you can just see. Um, how much it really means to them, especially for a franchise like that. They perform so well through the year. You know, they're also one of the favorites to actually go in and win the Stanley Cup as well at the preseason polls, um, which you don't see quite often happen, especially in hockey. Um, I think it's only happened a handful of times, maybe even four or five times, that the preseason favorites have actually gone on to win. So Colorado was able to do that this year, which was great um and just a just a side note the Stan- the Stanley Cup trophy is just amazing this the size of it um uh, it's just incredible I mean you just see them lugging this huge thing around and just hang, holding it with pride um and they all get to play you know pass it around from player to player I know in the next couple of days as well all the players will be able to take it home for a day and everything so I think it's just a great tradition that lives on um and it's always great to see and so congrats to the Colorado Avalanche um, but Tampa Bay, they've had a great couple of years, and I'm sure they'll be back hungry again next year. Yeah, they nearly made the uh, impossible 3-0 comeback there. They
0: were yep. they were looking down and out, and they um, they nearly did it. But uh, Colorado holding on. NBA, Johnna, and there was a 2022 draft took place over the weekend. Any standouts for you? And a few Aussies um, getting a few teams there, which was good news for Australian
1: basketball. Yeah, I mean, a, a couple of Aussies there, and I think that it really just shows as well. Um, the game is really approving here. Um, I do think as well what it's showing as well is that the professional league here is actually being used as a bit of a platform as well as a, a secondary to, the, um, to college basketball there in America. But I think overall in the draft, the, um, one thing that stood out to me really was the the lack of um, big blockbuster trades as well that kind of went on. Normally, you do see a couple trades, big, big trades kind of headlining where some key players are getting moved around. Didn't really see that. It was a lot of trading of picks um, and future picks. The top three did kind of go as planned in terms of, you know, we all kind of picked them as the top three, not necessarily where they're landing. I do think that the Thunder did get the the best deal possibly in Chet Um seven footer. He kind of has that physique of Kevin Durant. He can shoot like that as well. So I do think that that's the potential there to really have that franchise player um, in what he can develop. I don't think he's going to be a breakout star necessarily next year. I think it's going to take some time to get into the league. He's quite thin as well. He's going to need to bulk up a little bit. It definitely has that physique, to, and to be able to have that ball handling and shooting ability at seven foot—that's that's that's a force to be reckoned with. So great job for the Thunder because they have a very, right now a very young and electrifying squad. That maybe not this year, maybe not even next year, but about two or three years time now, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah, certainly building for the future. And talking about blockbuster trades, John, it looks
0: like it could all center around the Brooklyn Nets this year. Obviously, talk of Kyrie Irving leaving, and uh, if you believe. Uh, what Damien Lillard's um, Instagram story read when he had putting Kevin Durant in a in a jersey next to him. Maybe that could be the next blockbuster trade as well. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But there's, I think there will be some movement in the NBA. It just might take a little bit of time. Well, as I mentioned, Jono, earlier in the show, it was State of Origin Game 2 in Perth between New South Wales and Queensland. Queensland going in 1-0 up after their upset win in Sydney in the first game, 16 points to 10 after Cameron Munster starred for the Maroons. But this time around, Jono, New South Wales proved a little bit too good, tying the series 1-1, winning 44 points to 12. I didn't see this scoreline coming, especially at halftime. It was yeah. 14-12, very yeah. tight. I actually thought Queensland, considering how much ball they had and um, how much territory they had, they actually looked the better team because they did look like they could slice New South Wales open. But that second half, Jono, New South Wales just blew them off the park. That 10-minute sin just before halftime as well probably killed Queensland a little bit. They looked like they were out on their feet. Um, and Jono, a great win for New South Wales. And, and now we take it to a Game 3 in Queensland, a decider.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I know a lot of Queensland fans uh, are going to be looking at that sin bin as well. Kind of saying, oh, the ref kind of decided that game right then and there. But... Whatever halftime talk happened there was just incredible to see the difference in play. It wasn't necessarily, okay, maybe they you know, they got a couple points right there at half, and yes, as you said, I don't think anyone saw this scoreline. But the difference in play that New South Wales had from that first half, from that first game as well, was just a night and day difference. They showed those glimmers to the last series last year as to why they were so dominant in it, and it really came through. Um and that was really the difference, is they came out right away and they knew, okay, hey, if we don't win this now, of course, then the series is over. We want to go to Queensland and force that decider. Um, and that was an electrifying second half there, and a great display from New South Wales. And as you said, I don't think anyone saw that. Based on the first half, you didn't see that. As as much as that Sinbana maybe affected things and shifted the momentum that slightly, you didn't see that that coming. Um you might have saw, okay, New South Wales a little bit of an edge there, but you did not see this 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 huge gap of a scoreline in the end of the day. Um, And for them to just have an overall dominant performance from there on out. And credit to Brad Fittler,
0: the New South Wales coach. He made some big calls going into Game 2, making some changes, recalling Jake Trevojevic, who had been dropped for Game 1. And I thought he was immense, especially in the defensive work he's done and just the hard work he does in terms of his tackling. He may not be the most flashy player, but what he gives that New South Wales team is immense. I thought Apikoros out out of number 9 was... Did his role really well. That pen with spine proved critical for this New South Wales win. And then Damian Cook came on a little bit later off the bench when there were tied legs for Queenslanders and he was able to utilise his running game. I thought Matt Burden was outstanding on debut. The Canterbury Bulldogs player coming into his first New South Wales game. And I thought he scored his try on debut. And I just thought even his kicking game, he took a little bit of pressure off Nathan Cleary, who I thought controlled the game beautifully from halfback. He scored 24 points yeah, himself, Nathan yeah. Cleary. Uh, and he came under a little bit of pressure after game one. He, was, he probably wasn't as explosive. And he, uh, and Cameron Munster sort of shone. Um, and I think the big thing for Queensland was their forwards weren't able to get on top and pressurise New South Wales halves as much. They really pressured Cleary and Luai in the halves in the first game and didn't allow them space. This game, New South Wales built a perfect platform for them. Uh, And Queensland weren't able to do the same for Daly Cherry Evans and Cameron Munster uh, in this game, and it showed. And I think in the end, the scoreline, as I said, was probably bigger than what most people expected, but Queensland were out on their feet at the end, and New South Wales were just cutting them to ribbons. And I also thought um, New South Wales, their forwards, as I said, they really laid a great platform for Cleary and Luai and and really ate up those metres, so... Uh, an outstanding performance by Brad Fritless' team. And as I said, Jonathan, it sets it up now for a blockbuster. July 13, Australian time, in Queensland, a decider. I don't think Queensland are going to play as badly as this. I think they're going to come out fine. This yeah. will sting a little bit. And we know up there at Suncourt, 50,000 Queenslanders. There's not going to be much New South Wales support. It's going to be a different game, but should be an
1: absolute cracker. Oh, this, this really sets it up as well. Because now, as you said... We've seen Cameron Munster as well at, at his peak in this series, right? Now we've seen um, Nathan Cleary as well at his peak in this series. So now this also now just sets it up for that much more of a clash. So essentially, we've already seen what they can do when they're on their game. So now it's just coming down to this last game. And it's it's going to be a coin flip because go you, know, you might give New South Wales, again, we probably gave them the benefit of the doubt this whole series in terms of giving them the edge. But it's very different playing there in Queensland. It's a very hard ground to play at. Uh, so it's really, it, it's going to be a flip of a coin in that sense as to who really is going to take this this through, and it's going to be dependent on those few players, as you've kind of mentioned throughout. Those are the key players to really that need to step up and need to have a good game in order to succeed for both sides, either side there. Yeah, should hopefully be a cracker there and a great end to the Origin series
0: this year. Well, Jono, looking at, I guess, uh, a decision which is away from sport, but sport again has had an impact in terms of uh, calling it out and talking up against it, was, I guess, the United States Supreme Court's decision to overturn federal abortion rights in America. Uh, So it was decided that the 1972 Roe v. Wade decision, which had guaranteed women the right to autonomy over their own bodies for 50 years, was unconstitutional, and that individual states will now decide whether to criminalize access to abortion. So, John, we've seen some of the scenes in America and the protesting and and the anguish and, and angst this has caused not only women in America but but the whole population in terms of this momentous decision. Before we go into some of the sports reaction, Jono, from a, a US perspective, how do you see this, this? How do you see this decision? And can you also maybe just explain uh, the enormity of this decision when it comes to uh, now? handing over those abortion rights and and rules to the states over the federal protection that was sitting there.
1: Yeah, um this is this is this is huge. Um basically, there's now a number of states as well that are automatically from this decision as well is going to be triggering laws to essentially ban abortions and not only ban them but also make them a criminal offense. That's going to be making a criminal offense for those who seek an abortion but also potentially those who act in helping and assisting an abortion so that's also the medical professionals as well and anybody along those lines too um realistically this this is um yeah it's a, it's a sad day for America in that sense that really just um, some basic human rights have been stripped um, from people you know this this affects everybody um, and now it literally has just come down to who's in those elected state seats there's there's no federal protection here and that's the big issue is now it's it comes down to that and so many of these states they they were seemingly they're they're essentially waiting for this day and then because of that now in the next 30 days or so new laws are going to be passed right away and and new actions are going to be put into place and now there's almost you know essentially a very little states as well where you you can gain access to this now, that's not even the problem, is is not even getting access to the abortion, but it's also, let's say you live in one of these states where now it's a criminal offense. Well, if you traveled somewhere to go get an abortion and came back to us, that you could now potentially be charged as well as a criminal offense. That is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, to to leave it up into the state's hands, to to have uh, the, the power to make that decision for someone is, is absolutely ridiculous. So, the uproar that you're seeing right now is, is 100% justified. And it's really unfortunate as well, because this decision is, is done by the Supreme Court that was left with, with the past president under, under, under the Trump as the president administration and, and who he selected to fill the Supreme Court seats. Um, so it's it's unfortunate that this is just an ongoing effect of, of that era. Um, and essentially, this is a very, very sad day for for the human population as a whole, um, for everyone in America. This is a sad day in particular for women but for the the men women however you identify this is this is everyone this affects um, in so many different ways as well so to see this basic right stripped away um, is absolutely ridiculous and you know now the only thing that we can do is continue to voice our opinion and now it's that much more important as well to get out and make sure that the elected officials in your state represent you for the whole view not just political parties here This is this is now you need to to really take a hard look as to who you're electing in for your state elections, local elections. It just matters that much more now because an issue like this is now dealt with by the state and local people. This needs to be you need to make sure you're getting a voice out there to make sure you see who is in those seats and making these decisions for you. Because now it's someone else is making a decision essentially for for you. Um, So you need to make sure you have faith in that person who's doing that. Do you think this also symbolises another hit to the lower
0: socioeconomic parts of America, John? Black African American, uh, Hispanic um, parts of America that that statistically do struggle in terms of financial um, financial benefits and and financial rewards from their work when in comparison to their white equivalent. Do you think this? Signals another hit to that, which has obviously been another part of the protest, like we saw with the Black Lives Movement, uh, which is still an ongoing movement. Do you think this is just another hit to the people that are already struggling uh, in terms of trying to keep their lives together?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I also think that this, what this really just shows as well is that, that realistically anything is, is possible. You know, it really does show the, the harshness of the system that, that is there in America as well. And that the reality is, is of the people who are sitting in those seats right now represent such a, a minority essentially in terms of their view, but have such a power as well. So to be able to put to, to overturn this. And to put into motion so many negative things. And, and as you said, it, it's, it's, affecting, it, 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 yeah, it's it's affecting these people who are not in the, in, in the best of situations already. And now it's affecting them that much more. And again, it's, it's, now you're also putting into question the whole medical system as well. You know, when, when you're potentially going to send somebody, to, to a medical professional to jail for, for doing, you know, for, for performing such a procedure as well. Now you have everybody in the, from a medical side as well, not understanding where where they should what what they should be doing, what they sh- what they can and can't be doing as well. You know a lot of these medical professionals as well. Sometimes they travel across state borders, this and that. So you're putting a huge system in question right now, and really shaking a lot up, and it creates a lot of uncertainty for for everyone in America and now as well, because essentially. You know for for good and bad america does have such a a power in terms of some of the movements and everything that happens that then it can ignite something in another place and and for this this is this would be such a negative to see this trend continue across the world so i really hope it doesn't get to that point as well because this this is definitely a woman's right to 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 their to to have that choice it should be no it should be the choice of some uh some politicians to decide um, so it's 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 really it's it's really really sad day and it's really frustrating to to sit here and see that this that this has occurred, um, and that this and again the next thirty days next couple months is really going to be telling as well because, you know who knows what these states now are going to be going for it it's it's just going to continue to unfold um, it's really sad to see. What I think is also disbelieving
0: is where these decisions how they're triggered and, and how they're made or on what basis. And whether you like it or not, a lot of it comes back to the the roots of it come back to a religious, yeah, a religious belief wherein whatever the Bible said or whatever belief you have that it, people believe that trace it back to to centuries and centuries ago and believe that that is how life needs to be lived now We're even within a modern society. So I think. As you said, it's it's a small group of people who control the life of so many Americans. Yeah. The Republicans are obviously at the fore of this and, and you're um, conservative parties um, and, and thought thinkers. Um, so it's, it's just a really sad and really concerning direction that America seems to be taking. We It seems like we've just finished talking about the gun laws, which is a continuing issue and being a continuing issue and now... This has happened. It just seems to be a wave after wave for the American people, and it's not all American people that are making these decisions, but as you said, a small minority have such a huge impact, and America has a huge impact on the rest of the globe, whether you like it or not, because of the influence it does have. Looking at sports reaction, Jono, we've seen uh, the WNBA coming out, the National Women's Soccer League coming out, as well as the NBA and NFL. And... Sporting stars such as LeBron James, Megan Raponi, Billie Jean King. What have you made of sports reaction to this? And like we seem to always say with these big social issues, whenever they raise their head, how can sport possibly try and influence a change and influence action against this sort of ruling in terms of rising people up and, and saying
1: this is not okay to be doing? Yeah, I mean, this is this is again when sport needs to use this platform for the for the better benefit here, and yeah, I mean, we've we've seen a number of organizations um, and associations and uh, you know take a take a stance with this, players as well, but um, it needs to just keep on going as well. I know right now in America in particular, a lot of the sports now are kind of dwindling down on the season. There's not as many sports going on at one particular time, but those athletes need to step up and whatever platform they have, they need to continue this because. This is this needs to have that continuous conversation until now we have another set of changes as well to make sure we go back to to safeguarding this basic human right. And, you know, touching on the point of, you know, going back to even the gun violence and everything like that. These are all the people as well who've lobbied so much for freedom over having the right to bear arms and freedom to be able to have access to their guns. Well, how about we have freedom in terms of having a choice of what actually occurs, you know, within our own body? How about having a freedom of choice? Um, Why are we stripping that freedom of choice? It's essentially like, again, we say time and time again, in the last 10 or so years, every couple steps we move forward in America, take 10 steps back. And this again, we are are taking so many steps backwards with this. And I, I hope that sport continues to keep lobbying, to keep making people aware of what is going on. And hopefully they can continue the education. Hopefully we can spark some change as well.
0: What I found, I guess, most profound out of this and, and I guess it's a good thing as well is men sporting athletes have also come out and, and yep. cited by their female athletes and, and by fe- you know females all over America in saying that this is wrong. So it's good to see not only female athletes who it obviously affects directly in terms yep. of their body but also the, their male counterparts coming out and saying, no, this is wrong. And as you said, females should have power over their own body and the thing is abortion is not easy even the people that do have abortions these decisions aren't made lightly by these females but unfortunately yeah sometimes females do get pregnant when they do not want to and they and they cannot just bring a child into the world when they're not fit to bring a child so i just don't understand how so what the republicans are saying is or these people that have voted is that regardless of that female situation, living situation, they may be struggling to even just afford food for themselves. They expect they should be able to bring this baby into the world and then have to raise this baby to be, you know, a fit part of society. So it just doesn't make much sense. It's a real concern, and, and hopefully, Jono... Um, the protests do stay and they and they keep being aggressive until something is done here and and people actually do stand up and say this is not right and as you said hopefully the states as well yeah now they've got such a huge responsibility here to to hopefully try and not make this an illegal or criminalized act upon you know the people that that do do it and because you don't want to create a a situation, as you said, people travelling borders to be able to go get an abortion yep. procedure, um, or doing it unhealthily and illegally, yeah. where potential other issues or health issues can arise.
1: Yeah, it's um, it is a it, it it's a it's a basic right here that that essentially has been stripped. Um, and as you said, it's it's now made it where it's potential for. Um, so many more health issues to occur if if you know somebody's trying to perform an abortion in in a way that's um you know not in, in a clinical setting
0: quite a black market
1: yeah exactly and also you know the situations of of there's so many situations as well where someone can fall pregnant in terms of could even be you know in the in the situations of 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 a rape or something along those lines and to then not give the choice as well to, to have an abortion and make make it then a criminal offense for that that individual who, who potentially got raped and, and, and sexually um, assaulted to then be a criminal for then even thinking about having an abortion is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so this decision is, is one that, as you said, it needs to continue to be talked about. And these states have so much power now it is so scary um but hopefully we can see the states do what's right and for those states that are going to be trying to enact you know these abortion laws and everything like that i hope that as soon as the next election comes that those get reversed right away and i hope that from a federal perspective as well this gets looked at and we can reverse this right away because now the time is the time is ticking and it's going to be affecting more and more people every single day
0: for those that did vote for this ruling, have a think about if it was your daughter, and they came into a situation as we've raised. Yep. How would you deal with it as a father? How would you see it as a father? So, again, John, it's a story that's going to rumble on. It's it's certainly not going to go away. And let's hope that people don't lose their voice and and people in America and in the world speak up and and really uh, speak out against this this ruling here. So. As I said, a, a huge story and as hopefully sport uh, will continue to play a big role in, in trying to change this. Well, as always, John, I will end on a slightly lighter note. I think you've got the five questions for me
1: this week. Yeah, you ready? Let's go, mate. All right, so sticking with American Sporting Leagues, uh, the MLS now has signed some big players this year in the names of Insignia, Chiellini, and Bale. Um, what does it need to do? What's the one thing it needs to do to make sure it doesn't just become a retirement league and actually can... Uh, you know, be a better league? Well, I think Insignia has probably been a, a good... Time. I know he's on a massive, massive
0: uh, money there. Um, but I think it's just got to continue the development of the league, obviously continue their youth development pathways, uh, raise the standard of the league, because playing in America will always be an appeal to especially players coming from Europe or coming to the end of their career, a bit more sun, slightly easier league to play in. Um, I think it's just important that America focuses on the growth of its own... Yeah. domestic competition don't try and compete with europe it's that's not about competing with europe but it's about giving players another option um and i think the league is going in the right way a lot of the uh, a lot of the teams have their own stadiums now they get big crowds it's well supported so i um, having a world cup there in four years again will put yeah. the highlight yeah. um on that north america area so i think the mls is moving in the right direction but it's just got to continue to to believe in its own product as well and not think it needs aging European players to come and bolster it.
1: Yeah, I do think it needs to look at its national program. And I mean, the men, the women's side has been, of course, at the top. Now it's time as well for the men's to get there too um, in order to bed better both leagues. Um, so in the AFL, we have Geelong, Brisbane, Fremantle, and Carlton all kind of sitting on 40 points there. Who do you see out of those four teams as the best contender against Melbourne right now? I would have said Brisbane... Uh, before this weekend, I
0: actually think, and they're not being talked of as much. I think Geelong, mm. are really, they're just quietly gone about their work. They've the put Cats. on a, it was a great win over Richmond. They, they faced some adversity in that in that game, and they've obviously got um, some great experienced players and some exciting youngsters there. So I actually think the Cats at the moment are are possibly well positioned to really challenge Melbourne. Yeah, don't forget
1: about Mike Carlton there as well, all right? Having a great year. (laughs) Then, um, as you kind of touched on, Damian Lillard did post a picture with Kevin Durant, kind of in a Portland Timbers uh, jersey. uh, Portland jersey, sorry, Trailblazers. Now, who would be a player that you'd like to see Kevin Durant teamed up with, since the rumors are swirling that he's probably going to be going? Damian Lillard wouldn't be the worst. I like Damian Lillard, and, I mean, that would change
0: Portland's potential uh, championship ambitions if they get kd if not, just get him over to the Lakers. We'll just uh, <laughs> but we can't afford him, so he won't be going to the Lakers. Um, I don't know. It depends. It's really going to depend on who, because if you're going to get Kevin Durant, you're going to have to move parts and have yeah. to have parts that you are going to be able to move. Yeah. Um, and whether or not he'd want to go to one of those younger, like a Denver Nuggets or something like that, whether they'd want to completely rip apart what they're putting together over there, that would be up to the franchise how quickly they want to win a championship. So. It, he doesn't have limitless opportunities, Kevin Durant, in terms of the teams he can go to. But, um, but maybe Portland would be would be the right one with Damien. because he doesn't. If he got another supporting cast there, yeah. it changes that team.
1: It would it would be good to see him with Damien Lillard. He'd be that'd be a good uh, dynamic duo as well. Over the weekend, or over the last week, swimming legend Katie Ledecky won her seventeenth world title in the fifteen hundred meter freestyle. Unbelievable! Is she now solidified in history as one of the greatest men's or women's? Uh, To every step foot in the pool. If you go off the records,
0: you have to say it. She's just been unbelievable, and her consistency of performance um, is quite staggering. And and to win that many goals, she's hardly ever been beaten. Yeah. Which is which is even still more amazing. So to beat Katie Ledecky, you have to swim some race. So she is a legend. Um, We just see how much longer she she goes for. She's done everything. She's got nothing more to prove. So it, it all comes down to if she wants to win more medals. I didn't think we'd see anyone like Michael Phelps yeah. and Kate Ledecky's come on the female side and, and done exactly the same. Yeah. So great work for her and an amazing
1: effort last week at the, at the World Championships. Yeah, definitely yeah. definitely amazing to see. And, and as you said, if, if she just continues as well. Last one, what is the most important factor, player or just in terms of a factor that will determine who wins the State of Origin?
0: I think it's going to come down to which team holds their nerve. I think the Queensland crowd are going to play a part, um, but as always, I think with with these games are going to come down those small percentages. I think whichever forward, uh, whichever forward pack gets on top and lays the platform, then the halves are going to be able to do their magic. So as, as I said, with Origin, it's going to come down to those those little percents, uh, little percentages. Um, but I think it's going to come down to the forwards. Whoever lays the better platform and allows the halves to dictate the terms. I think that's where it's going to be won and lost, but it should be an absolute cracker then. I can't wait for it uh, in a few weeks. Well, that brings the end another episode of Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jonah. As always, thank you for your support, and good night.